Welcome to the South Fellowship Church Podcast. Here at South Fellowship, we exist to help people live in the way of Jesus with the heart of Jesus. Wherever you're listening from today, we hope you're encouraged by this week's message. Good morning. Welcome, South. Uh, As Dan said, my name is Andrea Jones. If you are new here, I want to invite you after this time today to meet Alex and uh, Jessica, I'll try to swing by there too at the New Here Bread Table. We would just love to be able to connect with you and thank you for visiting us today. Um, So the last week of the marriage series and we're looking at marriage in sort of this empty nest and beyond stage. So here I am. (laughs) We have um, been here at South, I've been here at South, my roots go back to the late 80s and early 90s actually. Uh, when before we were actually here, we were at Flood Middle School. And I was in student ministry at that time, uh, youth group, we just called it youth group back then. And we, um, I'd say I would have been 15, Jimmy would have been about 17 years old when we met. And we met at a Bible camp in the Rocky Mountains, a winter Bible camp. And Jimmy came up to me and he introduced himself. He said, my name is Jimmy L. Jones. And the L stands for love. (laughs) I later came to learn that it stood for late. Um, That's that's another sermon. That's another. Yeah, that's not this. That's not today. So um, we exchanged phone numbers. And he corrected me because in first service I said I thought I was chewing the big red chewing gum. But actually... It was his gum, he said. So we have this cleared up now. He had big red chewing gum, cinnamon gum, and um, I wrote my phone number on this wrapper, big red wrapper, and I gave it to him. We never saw each other for the next two and a half, three years. We were phone pals. We would touch base every like four to six months and just catch up. And then when I was 18, I decided, I'm going to see this guy, see what's going on. So I called him. I lived out here in Littleton. He lived in Denver, grew up in the city. And I said, what do you think? How would you feel about connecting at, um, you know, connecting somewhere? So we met at Wendy's. We had a hamburger. And do you know what he pulled out of his wallet? The wrapper with my phone number on it. So of course, I was like, oh, <laughs> this is wonderful. Anyway, we, uh, we started dating. I invited him actually to church the very next day. We came to church at South. And um, probably about six months in, things were getting pretty serious. And we began talking about marriage. And I told him, we had to have a talk. We're going to need to have a talk. I... Um, I have a friend and quite a few friends who have these dreams of, you know, like their knight in shining armor coming and swooping them up. And, and uh, I told him, I said, I have one friend, it's beautiful. It's like a sunset, a beach, the waves are crashing. And her knight in shining armor comes up, swoops her onto the back of his horse, and they ride off into the sunset together. And Jimmy was like, yeah, 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 that sounds great. And I said, so my, my dream's a little different. In my dream, in my version, the sunset, the waves, all of it's there, but Jimmy, <laughs> my knight in shining army, or well, zipper parachute pants and a raider's jacket actually was what he was wearing. Um, but he rides up on a horse and he has um, another line in tow with another horse. And I get on that horse 
And he gives me a sword. And he gives me a shield. And we ride off together. So he gave me a thumbs up, right? I mean, he, we, we got married. <laughs> and we will be married um, in August 33 years. Yes? Uh, so I know. I think you should clap for him. <laughs> Just keeping it real. Um, of the 33 years that we've been married, 28 of them, we were in part-time or full-time ministry in the inner cities of Denver, then back to Dallas, and then back here up in Sheridan. We did outreach ministry to um, kids in the city, um, a lot of them fatherless, and um, yeah, evangelism, after-school Bible clubs, the whole nine yards. This is us. This is my family. This is Jimmy, our two oldest boys, Jeremy and Andrew, and then um, our affectionately known as Caboose, Allie. Um, we have a 13-year gap between her and our youngest son. People are like, did you, did you, was she planned? I'm like, not very well, but yes, intentional, <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, um, and then uh, in the fall of 20, we joined club grandparenting. And so this is our, this is, this is the other set of grandparents. Some of you may recognize them. This is Kevin and Lucentola and their daughter, Angela, married our son, Andrew. And this is our, our grandson, Elijah Lee. Um, and we've got another baby on the way. Let's see, when is, a couple months, yeah. So a uh, little girl, Margot, is on the way in a couple months. And so we were so excited. Um, but if we could be real just for a minute, like stuff that used to be really easy isn't anymore. Uh, I used to be able to grab a blanket and a sheet and a pillow, hit the bed, go to sleep at night, and wake up the next morning. It's not like that anymore. I've got to make sure I don't have red sauce after 7 p.m. and no caffeine or chocolate after like, you know, 8. And then I drink the least amount of water as possible after like 6 p.m. because I don't know, it's like I'm six years old again or something. And then, you know, I'm getting ready for bed and I take one of these little melatonin pills. And this is the magnesium lotion I rub all over my legs and feet so all the wiggles, you know, ooh, can get out. Um, the thermostat has to be set on between 64 and 67. The fan is on high and I'm just ready to get into bed, and there's a light. So we live in like a ranch, and we leave our door open at night, and I can see a light. My husband's like, close your eyes. <laughs> but I can see the light. I can open, I see the light from the hallway. So I go in, and the coffee maker that we set the night before, I have to put like a towel over the light. <laughs> and then I start to go back to bed, and my Kindle's charging, and there's that little dot at the bottom of the Kindle. I'm not kidding, it, may, it bugs me. So I cover that with a light, and then I lay down. And I don't wake up the next morning. Well, sometimes I guess it is the next morning. Four hours later, four hours later, I am wide awake, I'm wired, I'm coming up with all these really great ideas that aren't great the next morning, actually. Um, but I figured God's just giving me sleep in two acts, act one and two, and he's given me an intermission in, the, in between. So I'm gonna roll with that. <laughs> Anyways. You have to be really able to laugh at yourself. Like the, the saying, age is not for the faint of heart, is no joke. 
Things get trickier as we age. And I've talked to a couple of you all who are just like a decade or two ahead, and it doesn't get easier. <laughs> like I've been warned, even after last service. So in trying to keep a sense of humor, um, or I'm afraid you kind of walk around into a slow, gradual descent of being offended, critical, and as we say in our family, having growlies in our hearts. No thanks. You know, I figure we can, I can walk around offended or pardoned, and if I choose the latter, it helps me when things aren't okay. You know, like everything's okay. How are you? Fine. How are you? Okay, everything's okay. Until the day that it's not. Anybody ever like this, in touch with this? Right? The top slide, if it was only like that. But every year, decade, older, the bottom one is more like, yeah, yeah, hit, hit those walls. Maybe you're single and you're holding on to a list of qualifications for a spouse and you're rethinking the last few relationships you've had. Or maybe you're married and you're facing things that you never saw coming. Health challenges, job loss, loss of parents. Or maybe you're walking the road of gawking through a recent divorce or you've lost your spouse. Or let's just say maybe that you actually can tick all the things off the list. Graduated high school, graduated college, got married, got a job, had a kid, launched the kid, and you're sitting in a house, in a home, you're sitting in a home that is getting eerily quiet, and it feels more like a house. Maybe you're asking questions like, what's next? And how did we get here? Or why are we even here? Well, the story that we're gonna look at today is gonna help answer these questions. We're gonna look at a couple that we discover in Genesis who face some similar seasons of disillusionment and challenges. Ultimately, God's faithfulness and their faith allow them to participate in an amazing, although probably slightly unnerving, adventure directed by God. We're going to pick up in Genesis 12, where Abram and Sarai, whose names God later changes to Abraham and Sarah, hear from God. The Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. See, the promise and the blessing that Abraham receives is about people, kids and heirs, a nation, a chosen people, and that he's going to function as a conduit of blessing for the rest of the world. Later, he'll also get a blessing for land as well. These promises are amazing. And as we see through Abraham and Sarah's story, God is faithful and brings them to fulfillment, even though they didn't get to see it. But God has invited us into a greater vision. And we need a vision that is bigger than kids, bigger than land and possessions, and bigger than a nationality. 
You know, as I think back on that conversation all those decades ago with Jimmy and the horse and all that, I think I needed to know that we were embarking on a collective future and an adventure together. I needed a vision for what was coming and I needed to know that it was bigger than anything I could do on my own. Yeah, we talked about kids and grandkids and what a future would look like as two become one flesh. And we talked about what we as a couple in that season, in that moment of history could do and might be invited into that would impact the world around us. Our marriage needs a vision big enough to sustain it for a lifetime. You can fill in marriage, you can fill in singleness, you can fill in emptiness, you can fill in widowed. It needs a bigger vision. It needs to be able to sustain us for a lifetime and we needed that. So whether you're in a three-month, 14-year, or four-decade marriage, or you're in your mid-40s and you're recently married and navigating those complexities, or you're sitting here and you're hoping desperately to find the one and to get married, the journey is constantly changing, and having a vision bigger than your circumstances changes everything. We have a God who makes promises, gives blessing and vision. For Abraham and Sarah, the promise and blessing from God, it gives them vision, and that vision fuels their faith, and they go. In Romans 4, we read, therefore the promise of, comes by faith so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed. The God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. Do you catch that? For those of us who follow Jesus, his promise comes by faith so that it may be by grace. And we have a God that brings dead things to life and calls things into being that were not. Sarah and Abraham started this midlife epic RVing, well, not RVing, camel go glamping, maybe is better, adventure when they were 65 and 75 years old. Sarah couldn't conceive. Abraham was getting old, but they hit the road together. We're going to read again a little bit further in Romans and see how Paul tells us this unfolds. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. This is why it was credited to him as righteousness. The words it was credited to him were written not for him alone, but also for us, to whom God will credit righteousness. For us who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, he was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. My question is, what will it take for you and I to walk fully persuaded Convinced. 
Now seriously, what would it take for you to walk out of here today convinced that God has a promise and a blessing for you and a vision for your marriage or your singleness or your empty nest and that the power of God is with you and will go with you out of that door? I dare you. Ask God to give you eyes to see and ears to hear and to strengthen your faith so that you too might walk convinced. But check this out, this vision, I mean, this promise that Abraham gets, we're gonna look again at it because Paul's starting to talk about something a little bit bigger here. Remember how I said that the land and the kids and the possessions and the, all that, the nationality, all that was great, but that we needed something bigger? Well, if we're in relationship with Jesus and we follow in his way, we are a part of a bigger story. We're invited into a legacy of faith and to live a demonstrative faith and engage the world around us. Let's look at how the promise and blessing expands for us as followers of Jesus. You see, for Abraham, it was to become a great nation, a chosen people. The promise and the blessing to take hold of for each of us here, if we follow in the way of Jesus, is that you are chosen, that you are beloved, that your identity will be discovered in Jesus Christ. And, and here at South, we've got these three pathways. Our vision is living in the way of Jesus with the heart of Jesus. And these three pathways are the way that we flesh that out, how we kind of animate that and bring that to life. And this is one of them down here at the bottom. And I just, as I was doing this, I'm like, this feels like it fits right in. One of the things that we want to do here is make environments that feel like coming home. Belonging, safety, connection, being seen, being known, and other people knowing you. The next promise, biological children. Abraham has promised as many as the stars and the sands. The expanded promise right now is to have kingdom growth, spiritual heirs. Yes, probably, hopefully, through our children and their children and their children, but I, we, have, we have single people right here um, Ethan and Nathan and Krista and Alicia, who have spiritual heirs. They're working in student ministry, they're working in youth ministry, and they have spiritual heirs. They're investing in kingdom growth. What that might look like is saying yes to faith legacy opportunities to invest in the next generation. Out there is a table with a um, invitation to consider working in kids' ministry. And I don't know if you know this, but our kids' ministry rooms are getting full. We have kind of, during COVID, compacted, and we have more young families coming. It's super exciting. Young families are coming in, and they are filling the classrooms. And there is an opportunity to step in and to just go face-to-face. -face. In one time, in one season, uh, in work, it was a particularly like crazy stressful time. I was doing 60-hour weeks, and people told me, you need to say no. Here's a book on boundaries, create white space and margin. And I was like, yeah. And I couldn't figure out what to like carve out. And um, I heard God say like, hey, sign up for kids ministry. And I was like, what? No, I'm already working like to the wall. This is, 
This doesn't make sense. But God knew what I needed. And Jimmy and I signed up, and we served in youth ministry, and I'm telling you there is nothing more grounding and anchoring than going face-to-face with a three, four, five, or six-year-old kid on the floor and answering questions and just loving on them and pressing play on the music and handing out animal crackers and telling them that Jesus is more than just a thing to do, but it's a relationship. So I want to invite you to think about that. And yeah, just, you know, little side plug there. Um, The next promise we're going to look at today is acquisition of land, territory. And then the expanded promise now is that we would have encounters with Jesus that take over, take over the territory of our hearts. Not flavor of the month, cupcake, this is my little faith thing I'm doing now with sprinkles on top. But take over all of him, all of him. And what that looks like here at our church is that we want to create experiences that help people encounter Jesus and take next steps. That's why we talk about Bible studies. That's why we talk about small groups. It's why we talk about staying connected and being in community. This is beautiful. Sunday morning is amazing. But if this is the only time that you're seeing each other and that you're connecting with people, you're missing out on some of the best pieces of this faith walk that we're invited into. Finally, we find out that Abraham is a blessing and going to be a conduit of blessing to others. And the invitation for us now is to love, serve, and live like Jesus, to feed the hungry, to clothe the naked, to welcome the stranger, and to tell the world about Jesus and watch him change the world around us. And what this looks like is everybody here, everybody in first service, and our church becoming a church the world would miss if we were gone. We are doing this in such beautiful ways. We're working in the food bank, we're serving there, we're coming alongside people through our partner ministries, through our global ministries, our our Christian workers that are all over the world. So we're doing this really well. If you're an empty nester, your marriage is still designed to leave a legacy of faith in the world. And if we could just press pause for a little bit on how quickly time goes, like I would just be like, (laughs) the dash between those two dates of our life that Alex talked about a couple weeks ago, they seem to just push frantically ahead. And each year that passes, we find ourselves at another memorial service, wondering, are we living fully into who God created us to be and what he's created us to do? Or maybe you haven't asked that question. Let me tell you why you need to. They're calling it the gray divorce revolution. While divorce in general has kind of stagnated out and even gone down a little bit, for people 50 and over, it's doubled. For people 65 and over, it's tripled. And baby boomers right now continue to divorce more than any other age group. Transition times in all of life are hard. But empty nest and retirement, man, that's tricky. All of a sudden, depending on how your home and your family operated, you know, somebody's in your territory. (laughs) 
you were at home, you were doing just fine. I have this Bible study this day, I have this this day, I do this that day, and all of a sudden, your spouse is like, I'm here. And you're like, ha, ah. <laughs> it's lovely. Some of the biggest reasons that attribute the divorce rate going up is people not, couples not spending time together. So as time races frantically forward, I have an invitation for you to slow down time. Time speeds up when firsts end. First diploma, first love, first kiss, marriage, first kid, first grandkid. Once those first stop happening, it's like, it goes so fast. So my invitation is to plan more firsts. Now this first next slide I'm gonna show you, um, this is just to get your toes and get your mind thinking about some opportunities and ideas. This is not the list I want you to hang out in for very long. But what that can look like, super simple and fun, learn to play an instrument. I wanna learn how to play drums with Jimmy. <laughs> I don't know why, but I want to learn how to play drums with Jimmy. Neither of us know how to play drums. This is my list. Try fly fishing. Try lake fishing. Take up a pottery and art class or take a dance class, right? And we're going to move quickly from here. This is just to get you guys thinking about what that might look like. Hey, do a circles, one of the circles, right? Here's where I want you to hang out. Is to plan more first that are faith legacy opportunities. Start a small group or supper club in your home. Plan Camp Mimi and Pop Pop. We did this last week, two weeks ago now, two weeks ago. Um, I, we got our grandson. I took him to Hobby Lobby. We bought crafts and all kinds of fun stuff. And then we took him to Safeway. And he is a buster, I tell you. <laughs> He's like, I want that ice cream. And I said, okay, put it in the cart. And Pop Pop wants that ice cream. <laughs> I'm like, Okay, by the time I'm in the chip aisle, I'm like, oh, I got you, Buster. I know what you're doing. He's got him and Pop Pop's weekend planned out. If there's bacon and ice cream and chips, the kid's great. So, um, But uh, there is a season and a place where as your grandkids get older, there are things that they will come to you as a grandparent with that they will not with their parents. And you stay connected. Stay close, keep communication lines open, pray for them. And then lastly up here, join us for summer nights at South. We're gonna be talking more about this in the next couple weeks. Um, but we're gonna be get, gathering as a family here, everybody, all ages, families, everybody. We're gonna have a meal. South will provide the main dish. It's gonna be 5.30 to 8.30, June 7th through July 12th. We're gonna have worship. There's gonna be a parenting class. Allison and Aaron Bjorklund are going to be leading. Legacy faith opportunities. Another invitation for you. Make monuments and practice gratitude. We're going to look, ahead, look again really quick at Abraham. It said, Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Moriah at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. 
You guys, we need to learn to recognize when God speaks, leads, and directs, and reveals himself to you and your spouse. Encounters with God are monument-worthy, so make monuments. These are some of my monuments, just for show. These are prayers for my family. This is some of them. These are the prayers written in the early morning hours or the late evenings, asking for blessing, asking for promise, asking for God's hand to move and to cover our family, to take us wherever that he knows that we need to go. It's also full of praises of how he provided and how he met us and how he led us. So when, not if, when things get bad, when you hit the wall, when that day comes and it's not okay, you can look back and you can remember. And that's so important. We need to remember where he met us, where he led us, where we had encounters with him. Another invitation, call on the Lord and pray together. You know, Jimmy and I, several, in several seasons, I remember a devotional for toddlers. I remember a devotional we tried to do with tweens, and then I specifically remember a devotional with teens. And, and we would start and get kind of a, you know, we'd get it going a little bit, and then it would kind of, the cadence would fall off. Well, we did fabulously, I think. <laughs> I do. I think we did this great. Is we prayed for our kids. They would get so nervous before like football or a game or a sporting event or a concert that and school even that we could pray over them just on the car ride there. And that was a beautiful time. But in 2020, we hit a wall. In 2020, COVID hit. We had a job transition, and I buried my mom. We forgot what it was to be kind to each other. So besides seeking outside perspective in counselors, we started a new thing. We started praying for each other every morning before we went to work. And we take turns, and my husband will wrap his arms around me, and sometimes we rock, because I'm a rocker. (laughs) And we'll just rock, and it's in the kitchen, and it's just before we walk out the door, but we do not leave and go out of the door into the world until one of us has wrapped our arms around the other person and prayed, for their peace and their wisdom and their discernment and their protection. And when this man prays for our kids and our grandkids, it's gold. (laughs) It's gold. That's all I can say. See, prayer aligns us to God. Prayer aligns us to each other. Prayer reveals blessing, promises, and vision. It prompts action, and it protects reactions. So today, these are the invitations. Take hold of the promise, the blessing, 
and the vision found in Jesus Christ. My mother-in-law used to say, sometimes you just got to get up a little early and get your head on in the morning. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We're going to, in a minute, have a time to take hold of the blessing that God has for us as families, as marriages, as single people, as widowed people. Take time, y'all, get your head on. (laughs) Think big and live into a bigger story. And then slow down and plan more first. Really focused on faith legacy opportunities. Make monuments and practice gratitude and pray together. So what would it take for you to walk out of here convinced that God brings dead things to life, that he has a blessing and a promise for your marriage, for your life, for your singleness? What would it take to convince you that you're chosen, that you're safe, that you belong, that you're seen, that your prayers make him smile and that he wants all of you. Do we really rest in being his kids, in being loved by him, in walking and soaking in his goodness and the warmth of his favor, favor and blessing? Have we missed an opportunity to tell someone about the extravagant love of Jesus because we fear their response or we question our adequacy? Are our eyes and ears tuned into those around us? Do we really see people the way Jesus sees them? What would it look like to find ways to replace words like those people or them with the response that recognizes our own wounding, our own shame, and our own poverty? And for your spouses today, when was the last time you sat down to imagine the weight that they carry when they walk out of the door every day? When was the last time you thanked them for the hours and hours they invest in helping other people, in providing a living, in raising and loving kids, in caring for homes? When was the last time you laughed together? How about Do you recall the last time you begged God for his perfect peace to embrace your spouse, to carry them through the battles that they might face in the world while you're apart? My question to you is, are you living in the game? Are you a player? Or have you meandered to the sidelines? Are you riding the bench? Slowly morphing, I would say decaying into from a player into a fan, or a referee, or a critic. A long time ago on this stage, someone said, if you're not dead, you're not done. It's time to get back in the game and say yes to blessings, to promises, and the vision that God's inviting us back into. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for your mercies on our lives, for your promises of blessings thousands of years ago that are found in the arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.
For each day you grant, a, grant us breath, I beg you to carry us to the high places with you. I ask that you would reveal to us the depth of your love for us and the majesty of your kindness and lightness. Make us brave enough to love our neighbors well and give us the wisdom to know when it is simply time to play, to rest, and to laugh until our sides hurt. May we linger in your favor and give us the strength to take hold of the promises and the blessings that you have for our families and for our marriages. If we need to draw lines in the sand and you ask us to do that, would you lead us here at South? No matter what stage of life we're in, May we take up our swords and our shields and fight for our marriages, for our kids and their kids. We want you to bless us. May the Lord bless and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face to you and give you peace. If God is working in your life through this ministry, join us by partnering with us. You can give online at southfellowship.org give. And thanks for listening. We hope you have a great rest of your day.